Hi and welcome to Dedox Talks the Dedox a podcast where we talk to some of the world's finest leaders about their detox rituals and how they maintain continuity in a world of noise and chaos how they make sure that the criticism that the world puts on them doesn't affect their insight and they still continue to perform as well as they do thanks for tuning in this is Kunal Chandirmani and you are listening to Dedox Talks the Dedox We have Ria Stoney with us, 11-time author who is working on her 12th book, and someone who has probably one of the most inspiring stories of how she went through a lot of hardships and she came out so strong. And more than anything, it was one story which got tears in my eyes. I remember reading a story about a year back, and I was crying by the end of it. And I feel super fortunate to be able to invite her to Detox. Thanks for taking out the time, and welcome to Detox. Thank you, Kunal. It's my pleasure to be here. So prior to going ahead, would love to tell the listeners a little bit about your story from your perspective rather than mine. Okay, so I was a victim of sexual abuse from age 12 by my father, and it progressed as I got older to the point. By the time I was 17, he was regularly having sex with me and and even trafficking me to people he would meet off of the internet. And you know, growing up in that situation, that was as terrible as it was. That was my normal, and so you know there were. times that were almost not worth living i just didn't i didn't understand how i would ever be able to escape that situation um we were very isolated growing up living in, in the middle of nowhere didn't go to school didn't talk to many people didn't have a lot of friends and i was it was really a, a dark time in my life but what i like to say is that we can take what happens to us and be better because of it or bitter about it um i was 19 when i met the man who's now my husband of many years and he was the very first person to give me the courage and support to leave such a an awful abusive situation and i left home not too long after meeting him and you know i didn't have anything when i left home i didn't have a job or any money i didn't have a, a high school diploma um or even a GED equivalency you know i'd never been to school you know i had a couple of duffel bags and a couple of pillowcases stuffed with clothes and and not much else i'm incredibly blessed to be here today because statistically i shouldn't be so many people who go mm-hmm. through what i did don't know how to to deal with it that's why i'm passionate about what i do today and just helping people understand because we all go through adversity and and when we can help people realize that we don't get to choose what happens to us but we can choose how we respond to it and that's that's emotional freedom so that's what i love to get excited about is is helping people understand that because that's the core of resilience right being able to rise again when something bad happens mm-hmm. right so like to say the least you went through an extremely awful situation throughout and after that it would have had substantial imprints on your on your mental health rather than just effects which ideally make would for anyone uh, lead to a lot of societal thoughts throughout their life and they end up affecting mental health very badly but you still recovered from them so how were you able to detox from such a fragile history which could hit you back anytime To begin with, I didn't talk about it. I didn't want to talk about what happened to me with anyone, and I wouldn't talk about it. So I really just was coping but not surviving, not thriving. I wasn't dealing with it basically. Um and that went on for many years and I didn't start talking about what happened to me publicly until 2013. But a lot of my detox as you talk about and and my growth has been through, you know, I'm a firm believer in when we take control in some dimension of our life after trauma, it gives us the ability to grow. 
And for me, that was physical exercise. That's been, and, and still today is a great way that I cope with stress. You know, if I'm having a bad day, I need to get out and go run or go exercise. That's been a huge part um, of coping for me. I think physical exercise helps us mentally. It helps us emotionally. Obviously, it helps us feel better physically. And there's so much science behind it when we just, sometimes we just need to get out and move. Right. And the biggest thing was when you went through that situation, the moment you realized that I need to get out of this situation, when was the first time you realized that from your story, you isolated you from a lot of what's happening around the world and you were in a lot of context with the real world outside. So when was it that you realized that this, that I need to change my life and changing my life is my decision, no one else's? I would not have been able to say it in those words, but but I understood that, you know, I could use what happened to me as an excuse or I could just say I'm going to be better because of it. That was more intuitive. I wouldn't have been able to articulate that or, or say it in those words. It's really the, the definition of being proactive, right? Of choosing to respond to something that happens based on values and natural principles rather than the emotions. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of self-confidence or a lot of self-worth. That process took a long time. But literally how I did it is I think it's important to grow. It's one of the key things is growing through something, you know, developing our character, which improves our ability to be proactive when something bad happens. It's choosing the right response. And that gets easier the more we do it, certainly. Even better if we could do that regularly every day so that when we have challenges and trials, we're better equipped to do it. Because when we develop our character, that is who we are, our values, who we are as a person, that gives us confidence um, going through situations because we know who we are and we know where the power is in choosing our response. So it really comes down to develop, developing our character every single day, every single day, learn something, grow in some way. Right. When you came out of that situation at 19, to a very general perspective, you wouldn't have a lot of self-confidence due to the history. That How were you able to gain back that self-confidence within yourself? Uh, it took a long time. The first job that I could find was working as a waitress in a restaurant. And here, um, back then, it was making $2.13 an hour plus some tips, which is not mm. much money <laughs> at all. And, you know, I didn't have an ability to really talk with people. It wasn't that I was an introvert. I I just had never developed social skills. You know, I'd never been around a, a whole lot of people. But being a, a waitress, you have to learn to connect with your customers, right? Because that's going to determine some of your tip. And so I had to just put myself out there and say, you know what, I'm not a question to fake it till you make it. But realizing that when we develop confidence in ourselves, that's going to show, that's going to come out. So it took some time for me to work on that. In 2008, I started teaching group fitness, which I'd always been a, a big believer in, you know, exercise and, and taking care of myself physically. But moving from a position of learning fitness from someone else to teaching it to someone else really helped my self-confidence. Um, there's no doubt about it. That was empowering for me because it really gave me a lot of confidence in being able to inspire others. So as per your TED Talk, post the situation, uh, your mother later came back and blamed you for the situation. So mm -hmm. at that time, a lot of feelings would have rushed back in. So how did you stay strong in such a time and not let that affect your stability in a longer context? I think there are, really it comes down to three components um, of resilience or mental health or, or being able to, to deal with adversity. Um, the first is being proactive or having that sense of, I can choose my response to the situation. You know, that's critical. And that's the one that we first have to embrace. But the other two, the second one being, you know, a plan to move forward. 
so having an action strategy or, or having a growth strategy or having a, just a response strategy. And the third one is the support that we have from other people around us. And I was very fortunate. My husband, Mac, and I have now been together uh, almost 20 years since I left and we've been married for 18. So um, I was very fortunate in him because he's always been very growth oriented and he's, you know, given, helped me grow in a lot of different ways. So, you know, I had that good support system. I had a sense that I could choose how I respond to the situation. It doesn't make it easy. You know, when it's going through trauma or adversity, it's hard, you know, it hurts. It's bad. And, and we struggle with that because we're human. We have emotion, but I think it's Andy Stanley who said, your, your feelings are terrible leaders. You know, we have these emotions, but we don't have to make our choices in life based on them. And when we realize that, um, that's the one thing I have had to cling to every single day is, yes, we might be having bad feelings or going through a tough time, but we, it doesn't have to determine us. We can still choose to respond positively. Right. So this is something you discussed in your TED talk also, but looking at it from a different perspective, that when people go through a situation which wasn't too much in their control, or which they weren't able to uh, to influence due to a lot of reasons around, they end up blaming that situation for the rest of their lives. But instead mm. of taking it from the same part, same part of not blaming the situation, very often the situation keeps coming back to them. How were you able to stop those recurring nightmares, if I would, if I could call them, that would continue would come back to you with time? Um, I think everyone comes to that um, point a little differently. For me, it's been, you know, it's almost a, a daily decision that you are still going to have moments where you feel like blaming your problems or blaming whatever you're going through now. I mean, it's almost natural for us to blame other people or other things for what's going on because it's easier, right? The reason we blame other people is there's only one other choice. And it's much more difficult for us to take responsibility and saying, I may not have caused this situation right now. Certainly we can't control everything that happens. But a lot of times as we, you know, we go through adversity and we find ourselves still suffering from that years later, it's because we haven't made the, the choices that we need to in response. So I'll give you an example. Um, I didn't choose what happened to me. I couldn't control it. I, there's nothing I can do about it. But it is my responsibility to choose my response to what happened. Um, but the time that I accepted a, a job that um, I was working for a, a bad boss, you know, it wasn't a good boss. It wasn't a good work situation. You know, I didn't make that boss be a bad boss, but I did have responsibility for accepting the job, accepting the position in the company. I had the responsibility for staying there, you know. So anytime we're looking around at and blaming our problems or our feelings or their struggles on someone or something else, it's the moment we give away our freedom to improve it. So I think it's personal responsibility. And for me, that's something we have to do every day. You know, every single day we have an opportunity to take responsibility, making, you know, not perfect. None of us are perfect, but we have the responsibility for stepping up and saying, what choices am I making in response to what's going around me? You know, if someone gets mad and, and yells at me, I still have the opportunity to choose how I feel and how I respond. And that means that, that nobody else gets to dictate if you have a bad day or a bad week or a bad life, because we have true emotional freedom as people. We just don't always understand that. Very true. In these situations, 
the worst part of our society is that it's very very one sided it doesn't like it doesn't have any empathy so when we are generalizing which is probably on 95% scale uh, the society doesn't come with a lot of empathy and they often there's a lot of judging that happens from the society in terms of stereotypes which probably built a society to where it is today so these stereotypes often end up affecting specifically people who've come through a fragile situation pretty sure you would have faced a lot of uh, stereotypes because every because literally everyone does and and that's the sickest part of our society which is unfortunately an integral part of the society so when you face these stereotypes given that the fragile the fragile nature of the situation you came out of how are you able to still keep yourself strong when people were associating you with some or the other stereotype that's a good question uh, you know i think when it comes to keeping ourselves strong i always recommend number one we need to know ourselves and be aware of our feelings and our emotions because the more we can increase our self-awareness the easier we can choose a better response in a situation so as we increase our emotional self-awareness the the more we can develop our ability to overcome that you know if you're going through something like tough struggle right now i think it helps to have some strategies for things that work for you um you know that just help you gain some of those gain some control over those emotions be proactive you know sometimes we can't choose the best response in a situation but sometimes we can pause and don't have any response and maybe you know maybe we're not strong enough yet to choose the greatest response in the moment but if we can pause and think things through a lot of times that gives us the ability to step away from the situation mentally and then we can you know, calm our emotions down and then choose a better response. And I think that's powerful. I think it's Stephen Covey who talks about using a, a pause button. You know, when something happens, we as as humans have a, a pause, maybe just a brief pause before we respond. And so he uses the analogy of using that pause button to say, what's the response in this situation that really best serves me long term? And the more we can do that, the easier it is to in increase our influence with other people. Because when we choose the right response, a proactive response, we increase our influence. When we choose a negative response or an emotional response, a lot of times we say or do something in the heat of the moment and then we regret it later. So if we can, you know, increase that pause button and use it, you know, when something bad happens, stop and, and consider the response before we respond. I think that's, that's been the biggest key. Uh, so positivity is probably one of the difficult emotions today. People are so influenced by negativity, given that the media, the world around us is filled with so much negativity. People, and if a negative situation ever turns into a positive situation, the media never covers it. The media only covers it until it's the negative situation because that adds to the TRP. Given that the media only covers it when it's a negative situation, people only know a negative perspective. What do you think is the best way to recover from anything negative that affects you? I think a, a gratitude practice is very important. Um, whether it's a formal one and you actually sit down and write down a gratitude list or a gratitude journal, um, or you know, really just reflecting on what am I what am I grateful for today? Because you know, it's Oprah Winfrey who said, "What we focus on expands," and when we focus 
more on negativity, we'll find more and more of it because we're tuning our emotions and our energy to, to be looking for it. You know, it's like the thing, if you ever um, buy a car or buy a purse and suddenly you look around and you see so many more of them, right? Because you're, you're just more aware of that a particular color or particular model. So why not do the same intentionally with our thoughts? Let's tune into something positive. And gratitude is so powerful in that. The statistics show that gratitude helps us sleep better and feel better and it helps our relationships and it improves our mindset and, and improves our health. Um, and it's so powerful and we can intentionally do it. You know, it doesn't have to be long. Sit down for 30 seconds and, and think about what am I grateful for today? One little thing. Doesn't have to be a big thing. But I think that that's really powerful is just starting with an attitude of gratitude and we can unfollow negative things in our lives and negative influences. But what we allow to influence us through what we watch or what we listen to, um, what we read, it affects us. And so we should just be intentional about, you know, filtering out the negatives. Social media gets a, a bad rap for a lot of negativity, but you don't have to follow people on social media who are negative. You know, they're again recognizing that we can be intentional with these choices and it influences the outcomes that we get in life. I think that's huge. Right. So even from the past two minutes of the conversation, you have a phenomenal vocabulary and, and use a lot of quotes in your speech. So you yes. read a lot, I assume. Apart I from do. Seven books. <laughs> That's a whole new achievement. Uh, how do you make time every day to read? I set a goal of reading 50 nonfiction books every year, which averages to about one a week. And, you know, there may not be, I may not read every day, but I read uh, pretty much every day something. Um, we're all, we can use our time any way that we want. But there again, realizing the power of being intentional with it. I read every day because I learn from some of the best minds in the whole world. You know, there is so much knowledge available to us that the lack of knowledge isn't what holds us back in life. But if I can, you know, take advantage and learn from some people who've been incredibly successful and resilient, then I can, you know, learn a, a little lesson from them. Even if it's a little one, I call it a gold nugget. You know, if I can get a gold nugget or a little gem out of something, then that helps me develop myself and grow. And I think we have to be intentional about growing every day. You know, maybe you're not a book reader. Maybe you want to listen to some TEDx talks or a podcast. You know, those there's so many ways ways to grow. Um, I think you just choose the one that fits you best. I like to read. I, it's just, it works for me. I retain the, the information so much better, the quotes. Um, right. But you know, everyone's different. It just, reading works for me. Right. Forgiveness is a skill which our society talks a lot about. You able, because you went through such a difficult situation, were you at any point able to come to that state of forgiveness? Because a lot of people who go through such a situation, save it for life. Absolutely. Um, a very early on, because here's the thing. It takes an incredible lot of energy to hold on to bitterness or resentment or hurt towards somebody, right? That's something we have to spend an incredible amount of emotional energy on every single day, but you only have to forgive them one and then you let go that. And, and to me, it comes down to the power of realizing that what someone does to us or says about us, um, you know, we again choose, are we going to be bitter about it or upset? about it? Or are we just going to say, you know what? I'm better than that. I'm bigger than that. And I'm not going to give you power over my emotion, right? It's kind of like giving somebody the remote control to you and saying, here, push the buttons whenever you want to. I refuse to give them that power. So that's how I look at forgiveness and just saying, you know what? In choosing to forgive, I'm going to take back the control over my emotions. And, and what you do to me doesn't have to determine if I feel bad about it for the rest of my life. Ooh. 
So we will move on to the rapid fire round. It is about 10 seconds for every question. But the moment you answer, we move on to the next one. Okay. Mountains or beaches? Beach. Your favorite detox drink? Water. Your favorite detox meal? Salad. Vegetables. Pizza or burger? Neither. <laughs> Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. You wake up in 2030, what's the first thing you Google? Myself. Mac or Windows? Mac. Apple or Android? Apple. Vegas or Ibiza? Uh, Visa. LA or Ibiza? Visa. California or Ibiza? California. Gut or mind? Gut. You have to travel to one destination with one friend. Who would that friend be and what would that destination be? The friend would be my husband. Uh, the destination would be the beach. You just heard an episode on the Detox Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, whether it is Spotify or iTunes. We are there.